Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas. Just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Last week, three out of the big four quarterbacks that'll be featured in this year's draft coming up at the end of April had their pro days. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levitz. The only one who did not have their pro day was Anthony Richardson, and he said, no problems, going to have mine next week. And he had his pro day earlier today. And join us now on the phone lines from 247 Sports is Graham Hall. And Graham, thanks so much for your time. I realize you're at Florida practice. I do appreciate you making some time for us this afternoon. But I'll tell you what, man, Sports Center, the Internet, Twitter is all talking about Anthony Richardson and the show he put on at Pro Day today. How many uh, teams were represented there today uh, at the Florida Pro Day? Hey, thanks for having me. Every single NFL team was here today, multiple GMs, head coaches, a lot of the big five. Those teams picking in the top five were all here today. Frank Reich from the Carolina Panthers, the duo of Doug Peterson, Trent Baalke of Jaguars, most likely not looking at Anthony Richardson, considering where they're thinking, most likely looking at Florida's other potential first-round pick. That's Osiris Torrance, projected to be the top interior offensive lineman in the upcoming draft. Both those guys were on display participating in interviews, but all eyes were on Anthony Richardson, who threw in front of scouts. He completed 55 of 62 attempts, mm. ended up having one incompletion, hit the ceiling in there. <laughs> yeah, drew some laughs from everyone in attendance. But overall, an impressive performance by Richardson. He handled the pressure well. Still, obviously, some questions, I think, about him from a mechanical aspect. He knows he is not a perfect quarterback. But I think what he showed today is that he's willing to come out and compete he answers the questions well. He embraces the noise. And I think that's all you can do for it. Guys, he's 20 years old. He understands he has a long way to go. But it is clear, and today was a reminder, that his future is extremely bright. And, Graham, the reason I like having guys on that cover these programs on the regular, I mean, I could look from a distance and say, oh, man, he oohed and awed and those throws were great. But you see him on the regular. So you saw him in actual game action, and then you saw him today. How did his passes kind of compare and contrast to what you saw when he was out there on the field during games? Well, it's a very scripted setting, I have to say that. He got to pick and choose his receivers, the routes, where they would be. He really got to fine-tune all aspects, and sometimes that leads to a perfect performance. That was not the case for Anthony Richardson. I think it's still some some passes he would like to have back today. Again, not a perfect passer. But I think what you have seen in game is where he's currently at in his development. That was the guy who was year one into being a starter, and he was far from perfect. But if you go around and pull a lot of players right now, how – old the game has gotten at the college level due to the pandemic and some of these other things. Him being in the position he was at, 19 years old, going on 20, I don't think anyone expected him to be a perfect in-game manager at quarterback. You mentioned it, I think, really well. Part of the reason he's drawn so much hype is the athleticism, the potential, the 40-inch vertical, the 4.44 40-yard dash, all the physical aspects. That is the stuff that has teams salivating. I think that what people may be missing or how intelligent this guy is. I mean, I've been around this sport for only nine, ten years as a reporter, and Anthony Richardson is one of the most intelligent people I have come across in the business, and that's between players and coaches. He knows what it takes to be successful. He's eager to do it. He's not scared. 
of the preparation. And I think that that is what is kind of maybe easing some concerns of what you mentioned. His throws in his first year at Florida wasn't perfect. A lot of throws he would like to have back, but there's a lot of promise. And a guy who understands that he's only going to get better from here with the work that he's putting in. And that, I think, is easing, like I said, a lot of these concerns for teams who may be willing to take him in the top five, uh, if not the top ten, definitely, in my opinion, by the top ten, but potentially a top five quarterback here. You know, Graham, it's funny. We had just got a text before you came on from someone in the 707 on our don'tbebroke.com text line. He said, we all know Anthony Richardson can sling it all over the yard. He's big, strong, amazing athlete. But the more I hear him speak, the more impressed I am with him as a football player and as a person. I think he's a natural leader, and guys in the locker room will gravitate to him and run through a wall for him. That sounds exactly like what you just described. What, is that an accurate, an accurate description of who Anthony Richardson is? I would think that you know, just about sums it up. I, I got to say, there are some links still, even in that aspect, as good as he is right now, where he can improve. I mean, the guy in year one still was kind of trial by fire, finding out what it took to be on the same page with his wide receivers, making sure that he's consistently communicating with them, going over film. Those things Anthony had to learn a good bit last year on the fly. He can improve as a leader, and I think he understands that. He's very intelligent, comes across extremely well. One of the things he can do is lead his teammates better, be a little bit more of a vocal leader, and he understands that. One of the more soft-spoken guys that I've actually ever been around, I've covered him since the high school level. I actually worked in Gainesville as the preps reporter here before joining 247 Sports when Anthony was a high school prospect at Eastside High School just down the road. And he has come miles from where he was at in terms of his speaking and reflecting the confidence that he has in himself. I think that is something worth mentioning. The guy's only going to improve as a leader. He's coming out of his shell more, and that should lead him to being a better leader inside the locker room. Graham Hall is our guest from 247 Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. I know that the coaching staff would love for, for him to have come back for another season, but does anyone think that maybe he would benefit more if he were to come, if he would have come back to Florida for another season? I definitely think that was the question. I mean, if you ask any coach, coaches are always going to be a little bit biased and saying, yeah, of course my player comes back. They can benefit next year. There's a lot more I can teach them because they understand that that can give them competitive chances to go out there and improve. And that's certainly the Florida something they need to do after going six and seven last year. I think that no offense to this coaching staff, the recent mock for Anthony, how he fared at the combine, his athletic profile, that has kind of confirmed that the coaching staff was not correct that his best decision, Anthony Richardson's, was to come back. Anthony has a chance, let's make this clear, to make life-changing money for him and his family, and he can continue his development at the NFL. The best-case scenario for him, I think we all could agree, is for him to come into a situation where he doesn't have to be the instant starter and win right away. He has a chance to sit behind someone and develop. That would be a very ideal situation for a guy who's 20 years old at quarterback. Him being able to continue his development in the next level kind of makes coaching staff from Florida, their point moves where he can develop elsewhere and still make the millions that the NFL really can't uh, NIL can't compete with the NIL. Uh, NFL, I'll say that. After the draft, we always see it. Hey, Mel Kuyper, he's got his top 100 prospects for next year's draft already. <laughs> so take us back to last year. When did that momentum start to gain for Anthony Richardson? Was it just until, hey, when we knew that he's going to test well at the Combine? Or was that groundswell support already getting there that you guys could see, oh, well, we think this guy is going to be a first-round pick as the season went on? 
I think the storyline really goes back, yeah, to the 2021 season, if not 2020. I mean, going back to what Anthony Richardson signed with the Gators, there were some people thinking that he would end up at tight end just based on how big he was as an athlete. He even almost slipped from Florida to Penn State at one time during the process. Florida keeps him. I, mean, I think many people remember that Florida was also going after Carson Beck, who wound up at Georgia. The Gators get Richardson. They don't really buy in on him. They realize how much work he has to do those first few years. But the one thing that led a lot of the outsiders to question the internal decisions were those highlight real plays from Anthony Richardson, right? The backflips, the <laughs> hurdles, the 70-yard plays. I mean, the limited glimpses you saw of him when he went in for Emory Jones made people think that there was a poor decision being made at quarterback. That is what I think led to some of the hype when you saw him hurdling guys, sprinting past guys. This is a guy doing it at 19 and making it look easy. When I spoke with him last year, he said one of the biggest reasons why he found himself more injured than he felt like he should have been was because Florida didn't fully open it up at practice. I'll leave you with this for his athletic potential. When they fully did allow him to open it up and hit top speed, he hits over 24 miles per hour. So that is a guy that once they tested him, they saw his potential, where he would need to train, and what he could be if he really learned the intricacies of the position, that's when a lot of people behind the scenes said, hey, the athletic potential can align with his capabilities. As a passer, he could be an NFL quarterback, and you're seeing that come to fruition right now. Graham Hall is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Talking all things Florida uh, Pro Day, uh, really focusing in on Anthony Richardson, but we will get to a couple other players. I did want to ask you one more question about a couple passes that uh, Anthony Richardson had today, and one you mentioned already that hit the roof. One, I felt like that that was super planned and that he did that one on purpose, but uh, n- none, neither neither here or there. The last throw he had of his throwing session was awesome. The, the fake toss and then the rollout and then the hit the deep ball and then do the backflip afterwards. I, I was impressed with that pass right there uh what did you think of those two passes in particular yeah i definitely thought he put on a show like i kind of said not to take any of the excitement away this was a pretty scripted session he got to choose the pass catchers i was told he initially wanted to work with ricky pearsall in that group as well end up using a group that involved justin shorter caleb douglas jordan bouncy two of those guys that are declared for the draft and, and caleb douglas the guy that they're really really high on he had a chance over the last couple weeks to get on the same page with those guys once again, go through the that order. I, I thought that, yeah, the one that hit the ceiling probably staged unless you're trying to get the Dallas Cowboys not to draft you. That was my first <laughs> thought was that throw absolutely hits the stadium in Dallas, and you don't want that. But for Richardson, and I hate to get too much into where he needs to improve as a passer, <clears throat> I wonder if too much maybe is being made about his arm strength it is incredibly impressive. Like we've seen guys, I, I hate to you know bring up Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Go ahead. We've seen guys who have amazing <laughs> arm strength. Yeah. You know, no insult to injury here, but and they that doesn't make them a great quarterback. Right. For Richardson right now, the part that I encourage everyone to look at for him moving forward over the next couple of years is his footwork. With a guy who can hit 25 miles per hour and curls out on the run, he needs to continue, in my opinion setting his feet when he throws, because that is going to lead to correcting some of those accuracy issues. If he can improve his footwork, and from talking to guys, he has really focused on that. He trained over the past four months with Will Hewlett. That may not be a name that many people know. Will's based out of Ponte Vedra. What Will did last year was train a guy named Brock Purdy 
hmm. for the NFL draft. He got Richardson to buy in on improving his footwork. And when I talked to Will today, Will said that of the quarterbacks he's coached, Anthony ranks in the top tier when it comes to one important factor, coachability. When you give him a correction, he doesn't need four or five tries to get it right. It's one try and you move on. That will save teams an abundance of time. It shows his intelligence. It shows his coachability. And it shows that things like his footwork, some mechanics, even decision-making in the game, those things can be corrected with a guy who is eager to put in the time to do that. That's a great nugget right there. That's a real good nugget, Graham. Thanks so much for that. We do appreciate it. Graham Hall, 24-7 Sports, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, I wanted to ask you real quick about a couple other uh, players. You mentioned guard Osiris Torrance, and uh, that guy, uh, All-American, he just had the brick uh, put out there at the school there, so he's part of that fraternity that will be forever. Uh, How special of a guard is this player, and and how early do you think that he may go off the board in uh, next month's draft? I think personally he's a top 20 player. I understand that interior offensive line may be a little bit undervalued when it comes to offensive linemen. I don't think it should be for a guy like Osiris Torrance. I mean, you can't put a price on what he did last year in Gainesville, more than 650 snaps, didn't commit a penalty, didn't give up a sack, and more than, a, what, 1,200 college snaps. He hasn't allowed a sack. The guy is just an absolute mauler. He has fantastic technique. He's in really, really good shape right now probably the healthiest he's been in a couple years because he's had a chance to really focus just on his body and recovering and training for the draft. That is huge for him. Incredibly intelligent, too. Very similar to Anthony Richardson in the fact that he's a little bit more soft-spoken than you would think, but I tell you, the amount of offensive linemen that I've come in contact with who just are the most cordial, nice people off the field and then will absolutely kill you on it (laughs) or defend their guy's life on it, I i got to start thinking it's a little bit of a stereotype, but Osiris Torrance, Austin Barber also fits in that category. I'm telling you guys, if not next year, two years, we'll be talking about Austin Barber as the next Florida offensive lineman heading to the NFL draft, and he's the same way. Nicest guy off the field, but an absolute force on the field, a guy you want to go to war with, and Osiris Torrance fits that box as well. I think he's going to be a guy who goes within the top 20 picks just because of how good he is, and you can't have too many good offensive linemen on your team. You gave us the good nugget about Anthony Richardson having Brock Purdy's former quarterback coach preparing for this draft, and we know that just about every team in the league was there. So can you give us the nugget? Did he take a dinner with anybody? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. You know, this should actually, I think, sum up a little bit about how good Anthony Richardson was. Like I said, I've, I've just still been out of the facility. Anthony Richardson didn't head home after his showing. He stayed around to not just talk with coaches, teammates, GMs, answer any question they had, record voiceovers for, for newsreels, you name it. He met with kids who were in attendance. He is staying right now for Florida's ninth spring practice session to see how the quarterbacks are faring and continue making sure that they are you know, doing everything right and showing his support for everyone there. I think that that, that little detail about Anthony, that this guy is on the cusp a month away from making what 20 million guaranteed dollars yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he is out here still in Gainesville seeing his former teammates giving advice laughing having a good time making sure that everyone is taken care of before he goes on to bigger and better things whenever that is if today is his final game final day around the Florida football program he has made sure that he has not rushed out of here he has talked to every GM coach answered every question they had and I think that that's pretty notable. I know that this is a guy who maybe has a lot of questions to answer 
four people, but he could have realized coming in here that this is someone who maybe has a top 10 guarantee. This is a quarterback-driven league. He did a lot of the combine. He could have sat out today, not taken any risks, not thrown in front of scouts, but he's willing to put himself out there, show where he's at as a product because he's confident enough that he's going to improve. I think that says it all. And if there were any questions remaining, he made sure to answer all them by staying in the building for the last, what, six hours since finishing up. He's still actually inside uh, the facility right now as Florida concludes practice. I think that that sums up who Anthony is as a, as a person. Yeah, no, it really does. And just to answer your question, Demond, he did have dinner with the Raiders last night. And uh, he's had... <laughs> oh! yeah, I, know I, I know I didn't give you the answer. You, you know, the amount of teams that he went over, it was tough for this guy Mm -hmm. to remember his calendar, how many teams he has met with and talked to. Um, It's got to be about every team by now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Teams are doing their due diligence on him because I think that there are a lot of questions. Why didn't Dan Mullen play this guy over Emory Jones last year? Why did we see maybe a little bit less athleticism in 2022 compared to 2021? Where is he at health-wise? I think there are a lot of questions for Anthony Richardson. He has not been unafraid to answer them, whether it's here at the facility or at a, at a dinner with uh, some Raiders executives. There you go. There you go. Well, good stuff, my man. Before we let you go, I did want to ask you, is there anyone, and I know there was a lot of guys that worked out today at the Pro Day for Florida. They've got a lot of guys that they put into the league each and every year. Is there somebody that we're not talking about or, or maybe is not being talked about enough that you think has an opportunity to be a really good player on the next level that we should be on the lookout for? I still think Jermon Dexter Sr. I think that there were some mm. people who maybe were a little bit unimpressed with his season last year, but I think that that's missing the context, guys. I think that this guy was extremely effective for the first 50 snaps. I mean, that's what you want, right? But Florida had no depth at defensive tackle. So as the third and fourth quarter waned, Dexter's play dropped dramatically. I can't necessarily blame him. He's a big guy in a big role, but he was top nine among defensive tackles, power five defensive tackles last year in usage. And every one of those guys who was ahead of him had played more than one more game than he had. So I think that this is a guy who's going to play in the NFL, in my mind. He's going to be not a first-round pick, but he is going to be a top 60, if not a top 90 pick. Mm -hmm. He's going to go in the second or third round on the second day of that draft. And I think that he's going to carve out a role for himself. Very, very dominant, wants to win more motivated than I've ever seen him. And I'm kind of surprised that even though he's a potential, you know, top 60 pick, that all the focus is on, rightfully so for Andy Richardson, but also on Osiris Torrance when Jerron Dexter has an argument to be one of the first defensive tackles off the board. I think that that's the guy who deserves maybe a little bit more buzz right now than he's getting. There you go. Well, you know what? He could end up being a gem. You could be end up being one that somebody picks up and they got a guy that's part of a nice rotation and he's a, a dominant force, like you said, those first 50 snaps. So I, I could definitely see that. It's funny. In my notes, I actually had written down to, to talk, ask about him, but uh, you brought him up on your own, so that's even better. Well, Graham, fantastic stuff, man. Anything you got coming out, uh, 247 Sports, anything uh, Florida-related that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, just some content coming up here. I'll, I'll preview it right now. An interesting decision. Maybe it should show how serious Anthony Richardson is about not only his image, but making sure that he maximizes his brand. He's bringing a critical member of Florida's staff with him who's actually going to be his manager at the next level. That's Vernell Brown, former Florida athlete Vernell Brown. Vernell is actually finishing up his final couple of days here in Gainesville and starting April 1st or 2nd, I believe, he is full-time as Anthony Richardson's manager at the next level. He also, Richardson, is using Florida's graphic design um, handler, the guy in charge of the creative team, to do some branding work for him. He's very serious 
about making sure that he has professionals in his corner helping manage him to make sure that he turns his first couple of years money into a long, long, long haul that he can not really have to worry about for the rest of his life. And, and these are the steps you take to do that. So I'll have a long feature coming on Swamp 247, 247 Sports, our Florida website. Make sure you check it out. Always running really good deals if you're interested in becoming a VIP member. But most of our content is free, so check it out. I will have that story here later tonight to read about Vernell Brown and Anthony Richardson looking to maximize his earnings for the NFL draft. So I appreciate you guys giving me a chance to preview that. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, great stuff, man. Thanks for the previews and the breakdowns of the players at the Pro Day, and uh, we appreciate you. We'll talk soon. My pleasure. Y'all take care out there. Thanks for having me. All right, no doubt. Graham Hall, good stuff. Great breakdown. I'll tell you right now, I hate and I, I become prisoners of the moment. I, I, that's one of my faults. I have no problem saying that. I hate becoming a prisoner of the moment. But that last pass that Anthony Richardson had at his pro day, that little fake toss, that little hide the ball, you know, right? Have it, have it by your side, roll back, step up a couple, bing, sling that thing, and then run down the field with the backflip. And I saw you, Demond. I saw you quote tweet it. Like, oh, we need this excitement in Vegas. I'll tell you what, that's a hell of a play where if that happened in Allegiant Stadium and he's rocking a, a Raiders jersey and maybe he hit that to Devontae Adams or something, there's no cheering in the press box. But even me, I'd look over to someone, whoever's sitting next to me, probably Amber Theo Harris, and be like, wow, that was something, right? That would, that would get a wow out of me in the press box, no doubt. That, I was pretty impressed by that play. So impressed. Like, man, like I said, the gift that I use, people people eating popcorn. The excitement <laughs> level that he would bring to Vegas, for me, I know it's like, hey, you, you think about the fans, the phrase that you use, you'll yeah, be sitting yeah, with yeah. the fans. If you think about the fans, you'll end up being a fan. Yes, yeah. but you also got to think, hey, man, the, the, the you know, hey, who's going to put butts in the seats? And I know with the, Ra- the Raiders don't have that problem, maybe right. some smaller market teams, but I do think, man, if you're going to go big, that number seven pick, if he's there, I'm just saying if he's there. I know. I know. You, you've been pounding the table that that's the guy for you at number seven. And, I, and I'll say this, man. I mean, it's very tempting. It's very tempting. I don't think you'll get a much return on your investment year one, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a hell of a player. And, and I think it was smart, right? All those other quarterbacks, they all had their pro days last week. And now Anthony Richardson is the last of the big ones that had his pro day today. And I don't know if that was by design or sometimes it's just better to be lucky than good. But the last thing people are going to remember are what they saw from Anthony Richardson as opposed to, what did C.J. Stroud do? He was the first guy. I don't remember. I know he had a good pro day, but I don't remember. When we, we definitely don't remember his last throw. At all. At all. So good stuff right there. I like that. So uh, many thanks to Graham for having us or for joining us on the show to talk about Anthony Richardson and Florida. 323 is the time. When we come back, you'll actually hear from Anthony Richardson. He sat down with Tom Pelissero and Steve Smith from NFL Network, had a nice little three or four minute conversation. You'll hear that. Then we'll get to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Little programming note, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, cannot join us. Coming up at 3.30, that's okay. She's in the middle of a shoot, so I'm not going to. No, you got to stop that. Cut that out. Cut that out. Come join us to talk all things UNLV. So we'll catch up with her later. We'll catch up with her next week since we don't have a show tomorrow. Make sure you put that in your notes as well. We don't have a show, but Damon will be out at Finley Toyota from 3 to 5 p.m. with the Vegas Vipers going out there. Make sure you get hooked up with a bunch of different prizes. Uh, check out Damon. I might make a quick appearance, but Damon will be out there for sure. Uh, and just have a good time on a Friday heading into the weekend. I'll tell you, Damon, I don't know. Maybe it's just from traveling. I feel like today should be Friday anyway. It feels like it should be. You know what I mean? I think because I, I left here, left town on Sunday. So I felt like that that was Monday. Almost Sunday was my first day of work. I don't know. It just, the whole week feels just off. I've been all week. I'm like, what day is today? Oh, it's only Monday? Oh, it's only Tuesday? Hey, hold on, wait. And it's just, it's weird. 
It's just weird. For me having to wake up for the morning show, it has been that. <laughs> That's right. And then you're on vacation next week. Hey, but it works out perfectly. Yep. But I can't sleep. If I've got to be somewhere in the morning, mm-hmm. I just cannot sleep. Yeah. Because I'm the, oh, am I late? Right. So I just never can sleep. So I've, I haven't been getting that much sleep this brother, week either. Brother, let me tell you, man, the first day that I was in Phoenix, one, my Airbnb wasn't worth a damn. It was just like, okay. It wasn't great. Like compared to our first one that we had in Phoenix. The one in Phoenix we had earlier was great, right? At the Super Bowl, that was fantastic. And the one I got this past time was near there. So I just thought, oh, man, it's great. And it's so funny. Real quick, we'll get to our call in a minute. Uh, it was real funny. When I pulled up to it, I saw a, a big you know, kind of complex and everything. I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's inside. Because in Indy, I had an a Airbnb that was inside a nice complex and everything. So I thought, oh, okay, cool. So I got up to the gate. And I was like, I don't know the code to the gate. And so I started looking on the Airbnb app and realized it said, Oh, you're not you're not in the complex. You're behind the complex. <laughs> you ain't gonna need it. Yeah, <laughs> you're the blue building behind. And I was like, oh dang, oh dang. So yeah, and then and then it was funny because when I checked out, I checked out yesterday morning, like early, right? I mean, I, checkout time wasn't until eleven, but I had to do the morning show, so I had to be at the at the um, at, at the Arizona Biltmore super early. I got there about six o'clock, so I left the Airbnb about five thirty. And uh, said, checkout time is 11. I was like, oh, no, my brother. Uh, checkout time is 530. <laughs> I, I'm taking this. I'm putting the key back in the lockbox, and I'm gone. Like, I'm out. So they uh, they sent me a message. Oh, thanks for leaving our place so clean. It's great. We're going to rate you five stars. Oh, uh, please rate us five stars, too. And I was like, <laughs> no, not going to be five stars from me. So uh, they didn't get five stars from me. They got a, they got a healthy three. A healthy three. Yeah. Y'all, look three. what happened. If, if you ain't got the robes out for Q, no. if you don't, oh, lemon trees in the backyard. There was an orange tree in the front yard. It ain't good enough for Q. No, it, it, it was not. It was not. <laughs> it was not good enough. And you actually would have looked around and been like, wait, what the hell is this? They had a room because it was really, it was uh, a, a two-bedroom a two one because I thought, okay, I could do work in one room and I could sleep in the other room. Well, when I looked at the uh, the other room, it looked like... It looked like, you know, maybe little Q was supposed to be there when he was little Q, not 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 grown Q, right? I mean, it was so tiny, and even the the bed was like for a tiny person. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I don't know, like maybe it was just like the wife even asked, she's like, was it a tiny house? You know how they have the tiny houses? Uh, yeah, the, the, I was like, no, it, it didn't say it was a tiny house, but the way I was describing it, I was like, the bed looked like. You know, it should have been for you know someone tiny, and she was like, yeah, I don't. Did know. it look like the pictures in the description? Did you get bamboozled? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I went back and looked at the pictures a little bit. And I was like, well, the pictures look a little bit better, you know. And then, But now that I know what it is, the pictures make more sense. Because, <laughs> like, the other room looked good. But then I saw it in person, and I was like, eh. I mean, look, let's put it like this. The swamp coolers were still, were still a thing in the window. Just let's, let's put it like that. So it's not very often that the swamp coolers are still a thing in the window. Yeah, they earned their three. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's that. But I'm back. I had a good time at the Arizona Biltmore. You know that place? The Biltmore is like, I don't know, like 600, 700 bucks a night. And that was the cheap rooms. That's where the billionaires are staying. Of course it is. Well, that's why I wasn't there. I was doing a show there. I wasn't staying there at all. Uh, Aaron Wilson, our good friend that joins the show sometimes, he walked by us and uh, Vinny was like, oh, you staying here, Aaron? He's like, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody in media would have said, oh, yeah, I'm on the, 
I'm on the third floor or something. I'd be yeah. like, what do you do? Right, exactly. How can I get your money? Because that's what I need. But that doesn't matter. We're back. We're in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 702-365-9200. Also, our WBroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r Just had a really good conversation with Graham Hall from 247 Sports talking all things Florida Pro Day, and in particular, Anthony Richardson. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's talk to our good friend, Raider Cease in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yeah, I was, uh, hey, Damon, thank you. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about what to do for uh, our pick at number seven, mm-hmm. and I really was thinking about this, and I think what makes the most sense is to get an elite corner, so whether it's Weatherspoon, but it has to be with a corner that actually has made multiple interceptions throughout his career because you, you talk about this all the time, that if they don't do it in college, they're not going to do it in the pros. So it makes sense to get the most elite one that actually gets interceptions because the more opportunities that you have to get the ball back, which, yes, if you get a defensive end or a, a defensive tackle, you sack the quarterback and you still have one more opportunity, and then they get a first down anyways. It doesn't mean anything. But if you have an elite corner that always gets you the ball, your defense is more rested. You have another opportunity to score. And you also, if he's elite, would also be able to take away their top wide receiver. So just going over it, that's to me what makes the most sense about getting, um, you know, a generational corner for the Raiders. I like it. I like it. Raider Cease, thanks for the call. And you're spot on, man. You're spot on. I say it all the time. And, and I did, it's not a Q original. It was something that Phil Snow, who was the defensive coordinator at Baylor, and then he went to uh, the Carolina Panthers as a defensive coordinator, been a longtime guy in the NFL. Uh, he told us at the Sugar Bowl practices, he said, look, man, the thing about defensive players is if they do it in high school and they do it in college, they'll do it for you in the pros. So when it comes to guys creating turnovers and getting the ball back for your offense, if they've done it in high school, they did it in college, more, more likely than not, they'll do it on the NFL level. And if they didn't, most likely they're not going to all of a sudden learn how to be a ball hawk. If they're guys that are afraid of the ball, or not I say afraid of the ball, but they're just not used to having their hands on the ball, they're not going to all of a sudden t- turn into some kind of ball hawk. They just won't. It's just something that's natural. The good thing for the Raiders and the good things for Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois and Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, last year Christian Gonzalez had four interceptions and seven passes defensed. You know, so that's, that's great. Four interceptions. That's great. Uh, Devon Witherspoon last year, three interceptions, 14 passes defensed. 14. That's big time. In his career, Witherspoon, that is, uh, going back to 2020, uh, he had, or 2019, he had, uh, he's had five career interceptions in college. Christian Gonzalez, as far as his career goes, looks like he's had four. He had this the past year was the first year that he's uh, come away with some interceptions. So uh, that's, that's some production right there. And of course, you know, college is, is a limited amount of action, but uh, to have to have guys that can get their hands on the ball is a big deal, and and, and Josh McDaniel says it all the time. You know, you got to have guys that uh, hit the quarterback or, or get their hands on the quarterback or get their hands on the ball. And the Raiders just don't have those guys. Max Crosby gets his hands on the quarterback. You know, they uh um uh what's his name Chandler Jones gets his hands on the quarterback, right? I mean, he obviously didn't get it a whole lot mm-hmm. in 2022, but even I mean, he only had four and a half sacks, but he was getting some pressure, especially when he started to get a lather up. He started going. I mean, there was that one game where he damn near had what was it against the Patriots, where he almost had what, yes. I mean, he he almost had the trifecta. He was having a great no, it wasn't the what game was it where he broke out? I think it was the Texans. What game was it where he broke out and had multiple sacks, and then he almost had three in one in one game? He had a hell of a game. Obviously, against the Patriots, he had the big. Uh, play where he caught the ball and took it to the house and won the game for him, but that that wasn't the game where he had the breakouts with the intercept or with the uh, with the sacks. But long story short, he's a guy that obviously can get his hands on the quarterback. He's had a long history of doing it throughout the course of his career. 
But the Raiders don't have enough guys that can get their hands on the ball. They really don't. Trayvon Merrick, when he gets his hands on the ball, he fights it. He fights it and he puts it on the ground. It was against the Chargers, actually. Okay, there you go. There you go. He had a big, what was it, two and a half sacks? Three, three sacks. sacks. There you go. Yeah, I knew he had He had multiple sacks, and that was the, his first career sack that he had with the Raiders was against the Chargers, and then he had multiples in that game. So he he really uh, put it all out there on the line, and that, uh, that was the second game against the Chargers. That was at Allegiant Stadium. So, yeah, I'm with you, Raider Cease. And, look, the thing is, I know that the draft is deep with corners, so they don't necessarily have to go get one immediately. But I do believe that if they're going to go get one, they need to get one with those traits, like you said, uh, somebody that that's able to to be a ball hawk and and shut down or at least you know compete with the best wide receiver on the opposite team, a guy that can get their hands on the ball that is not afraid to muck it up and and you know knock a ball out of someone's hands, just really get in there. And I think Gonzalez and Witherspoon, both of those guys, and I, I kind of tend to believe that the Raiders would lean more towards Witherspoon. I just think that he might fit with what. Patrick Graham wants to do a little bit more, even though he's not quite as big. Gonzalez has the size. Witherspoon, I think, is a little bit nastier, a little bit more of a wrestler at the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Just kind of kind of, kind of mucks it up a little bit. You know, gets a little dirty in there. And I think that that's what Patrick Graham's going to be looking for. And then Christian Gonzalez, I don't know who we were talking to, I want to say earlier this week or late last week, where they said he might not get away with some of the stuff that he got away mm-hmm. with in college at the next level. I think it was Vinny who was uh, relaying that information. So I do think, hey, if you, those tricks in college – I, that's a little bit concerning to me. It's like, hey, that might not work at the NFL level. They, they're 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 going to call that if you got, hey, I got this little jersey tug secret that I can that I can. Just they all do it, do it. Every time. All, they, all the greats do it, right? All the greats do it. They'll they'll uh, tug on the jersey when they're supposed to. You know, they they know how to get it. Just like wide receivers push mm-hmm. off when they're supposed to. They know what to do. The greats figure it out. And and if he's going to end up being a great, he'll figure it out. I think either one of those guys will both be really good corners. And the Raiders haven't drafted a really good corner high in a very long time. And I would love to see Nate Hobbs continue to develop and be even better than what we saw, especially last year because he was injured a lot. But his rookie year, he did well. I'd like to see him get back to that but take his game to another level. 3.38's the time. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Anthony Richardson. He sat down with Tom Pelissero and Steve Smith, the NFL Network, following his pro day. You'll hear that conversation next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. So I showed Damon what my Airbnb looked like in the commercial break. And remember, I gave him a three because I was trying to be nice. They gave me a five because I kept everything clean because that's what I do. Plus, I wasn't there very much, so I really couldn't do anything. What was your thoughts when you saw the pictures? Hoodwink bamboozle. <laughs> Let us straight. I didn't even realize until we just went over the pictures right now, the swamp coolers weren't even in the pictures at all. And I realized then, I was like, why would I pick the place that has swamp coolers? Because then it would have told me that it's not updated. It's not a newer place. There were no swamp coolers in the picture. They weren't there. Yeah, guys, in the, I'm not going to trash this uh, lovely cottage. Cozy blue cottage? That's what they call it. Cottage. Cozy blue cottage in the city. Yeah, this cozy blue cottage in the city. I'm not going to disparage them anymore. But he told me some things disgusting. <laughs> Despicable. <laughs> I'm a big clean freak. I am. I like to have everything clean. As you saw when we left the place in Phoenix, right? When we left the uh, Super Bowl week. What did I make sure we do? Hell, it was cleaner than, than it was when we got there. Yeah, it was, guys. And, I'm, and I am one of those people that they're going to send the cleaning crew in as soon as we leave. What's the matter? But he wanted to do it. That's right. We got to make sure everything is clean. So there you go. It was not me being bougie uh, why I you know, gave him a three. It was, there was real reason why I gave them a three. And that was probably... Being generous, but I want to get back to the conversation that we're having here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Do the question out there earlier today, where would you like to see this team grow the most? 
How would you like to see this team grow the most? My big thing is the draft. If you start with the draft and you start having success there, I think everything kind of grows off of that. So that's my thoughts. But what are yours? 702-365-9200 and also our adobebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Also, we've been talking a lot about Anthony Richardson. He had his pro day today at Florida. Gizmo hit us up and said, if he can't throw 80 yards from a knee, I don't want him. Ha <laughs> ha. Seriously, it sounds like he's got the right stuff between the ears and the work ethic to put it to use. Big difference there. That's from Geese Mode. And I'll tell you, and I mentioned it when we were talking to Graham uh, Hall about uh, Anthony Richardson, I hate to be a, 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 the guy that's a prisoner of the moment, but, I mean, the more you hear about him, especially his maturity and the way that he's willing to work hard, you don't, you don't have to be a polished product right now, but if you're willing to work hard to get there, I'm okay with you. That's right up my alley. So I, I know that I've been saying that I'm not – I'm not on the Anthony Richardson train. Like, I'm, I'm Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and that's it. But, man, I'm, I'm starting to open up my mind a little bit to Anthony Richardson. I'm not there yet, DeMond, but I'm starting to. I'm there. Earlier, Raider Red, when he called into the show, yeah. he said, oh, you don't want to – how many times have we seen the six foot four, 245-pound quarterback not take his team – we've never seen this quarterback <laughs> not have a chance to take his team to the Super Bowl. This guy, it's not like, oh, the, we all know the big muscled up quarterback who fails year after year. Look, Cam got him to the Super Bowl. Exactly. Got him to the Super Bowl. So for me, when it's take that chance because he is that prospect that the ceiling is so high. But that's the gamble. As yeah. Paul Gutierrez said, it's a it's a crapshoot. It is. It really is. There's no there's no exact science when it comes to the NFL draft. Some guys are gonna get it and figure it out, and some guys aren't. But Paul, not Paul Gutierrez, but Anthony Richardson talked to Tom Pelissero and Steve Smith following his pro day. This was on NFL Network. It's about three or four minutes, but I thought it was some really good stuff, so I thought it was a good conversation. Check out that conversation earlier for today. Thanks a lot, Brett. Anthony, it looked like you were having fun out there. How did you feel about your pro day? I definitely have fun. You know, Whenever there's a football in my hands, it's always fun for me. So I just had to showcase that and who I am as a person out there. So it was definitely fun. Man, Anthony, you had an opportunity to just show everybody what you could do. It seemed effortless uh, to throw the football. Man, take us through this process, what it's been like uh, since you drugged my University of Utah Utes through the mud, and since then you've just been uh, ascending ever since. You know, I've just been working. You know, uh, at times I was very inconsistent throughout the season. You know, so I was just trying to put that behind me, you know, trying to stay consistent because I know inconsistency is not going to work at the next level. Mm. So I've just been grinding at that, just trying to, you know, perfect my craft and, and perfect who I am as a person. And coming out here, showcase what I'm able to do. You know, I'm a natural thrower, you know, so just being out there launching the ball and just tossing around with my brothers, you know, that's just what we, we, what we normally do. Well, you brought it up, inconsistency. What, what, do you, what do you believe led to the inconsistency or... or, or what was it about the inconsistency that didn't sit well with you? You know, living up to other people's expectations. Mm. You know, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, because I want to be great. You know, I want to be the best in the world. So um, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'll never be perfect, but, you know, I try to work to, towards perfection. And if I'm not working towards that, you know, I get in my head a little bit or, or what I used to. But then I started to realize I, I can't control everything. Mm. You know, I, I can only focus on my job and focus on what I'm able to do. You know, so just working on that and putting that behind me, that's let me become a better player. Tell me about some of those throws you're making off-platform, off-balance, like some of the warm-up throws in particular, but even some of those deep shots where you're throwing the ball across your body, off your back foot. How do you work on that aspect of your game, and how do you kind of hone in your mechanics to make sure you're throwing them effectively? Uh, honestly, the off-platform stuff, I don't really even work that. You know, um, I, I do it sometimes during training, and my trainers are like, whoa, do that again? What was that? And I'm like... <laughs> That, that feels normal. Like I'm, I used to do that in the backyard with my friends, just spinning around, tossing the ball up in the air. So just trying to implement that a little bit in my pro day and just showcase my arm talent. You know that that was the main focus. What has this process been like for you, 
uh, to speak to all these teams, go to the combine, and then have all of this media uh, coverage of you. How has that process been, and what is it like? What is it inside of you? What are you really saying? Because outside, man, you calm and collective, right. but you got that little boy inside of you. Got to be like, man, this is pretty awesome. Honestly, it's a blessing. You know, uh, I don't really care about the media and stuff. You know. I'm just happy for my brothers, you know. Uh, they get the media you know, outlets as well, you know. People come and see me, but they're also seeing them because they're the ones catching the ball for me, running the routes for me. You know, so I don't really care much about the media. But going through this process has definitely been a blessing for me. You know, as a little boy, like you said, you know, wanting to go to the NFL and having an opportunity to sit here with you guys and, you know, and to realize and know that I'm close to that moment, you know, it, it definitely does put a big smile on my face. So you know you're going to get drafted, right? Florida, Florida guy. I know you got a fire suit picked out. You, have you started that process yet? Oh, see, look, I'm a, I'm a suit guy, so I probably got like three or four suits already. Oh. Yeah, I love wearing suits, so I'm definitely suitcase all over. Okay, Florida style or a little bit toned down? Uh, a little bit of classic, you know, um, a fitted suit, nice looking suit, nothing too major. Okay, no yeah. greens or orange? Nah, I, w- I was thinking that, but that might be later on during the year. Okay, all right. He's a smart man. Get the, get the versatility. Yeah. Start there, then you build up to the stuff Steve yeah, was yeah, wearing yeah. by the end of his career. <laughs> last thing for you. You had you had dinner last night with the Raiders. How was that process with them, and did you break it to them that you might not be there at number seven? Oh, uh, see, I- I'm not that confident, you know. Um, I'm just thankful for the opportunity, you know. Lord knows what's going to happen April 27th. You know, I'm just I'm just ready to get there and just live in, live in the moment. But the dinner was great, you know, talking to the guys and getting to know them and them getting to know me as a person, as a player, you know, and just trying to figure out the expectations in case they were to draft me, you know, what they expect from me as a rookie and what they're going to expect from me in the building, you know, so just trying to get familiarized with that stuff and just live on. Four weeks away, man. Four weeks from today. Yeah. Best, best of luck to you. Thanks yes, a lot sir. for the time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Say Anthony Richardson. Rhett, tossing it back to you. There he goes. Anthony Richardson sat with Tom Pelissero and Steve Smith following his pro day and Save the best question for last there. You know, you had dinner with the Raiders. How'd that go? He said it went great. I love the fact that he said, I'm not that confident, you know, that where I'm going to get selected. Uh, But he did say on (laughs) April 27th. He didn't say on April 28th. (laughs) He didn't say during the draft. He said on April 27th. So he know he's going first round. He just doesn't know when he's going or where he's going. That would be the most hilarious story of Vic J for a venue tweeted out. Yeah, the dinner, uh, it went sideways after Anthony Richardson said, thanks for the meal. (laughs) But I ain't going to be there at 7. Look, That'd be the best report if you had that much confidence. I'll tell you what. There's been guys that have had that kind of confidence. Baker Mayfield has had that. I mean, he only took took meetings with a couple a couple teams when he went because he he was like, I'm I'm going to be gone by by a top three, top four, or whatever. I mean, he just he was sure he was sure as his name was Baker Mayfield that he was going to be gone, and he was he was gone number one overall. So there's that. But um, yeah, I, I think that you're supposed to. I think it's good business, smart business, and anything you do, meet with anyone, talk to anybody. I mean, I say it now with. You know, people, when it comes to radio, you know, hey, if, if a radio station calls you and they want to talk to you, talk to them. That don't mean you got to take the job. You, you can find out about them and say, uh, yeah, no, thanks, but no thanks. I'm happy where I'm at. But, you know, always be cool because you never know when that, uh, that opportunity might come around again. So you want to make sure you have a uh, good communication and, and that that last impression that you had of them or they had of you was a really good one. So I can, you know, I can imagine certain teams being turned off by a guy saying, no, I don't want to take that meeting. I don't want to have that dinner because, well, I'm not going to be available for you to pick me. Yeah, but you might not be on that team forever. You might be a free agent at some point. You might want to. And they didn't take him to dinner for no reason, Q, so I'm just saying. No, I mean, and they're doing, they're smart. They're doing their due diligence I, on I all the quarterbacks. I think dinner's more than due diligence. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, you, you can visit with, the, like, what, a handful of them. You can do, visit exactly. with them. I mean, so why not? You, you got to do the, the due diligence on all the quarterbacks. I, I mean, I don't think that that means anything. They met with Will Levis, too. 
They didn't even go to his pro day, but they met with him at dinner the night before. Let them know that they're interested. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I they, they, they got to be interested in everybody. That's the thing. You have to be interested in everybody and get to know them because you don't you only know what you know. So you got to get a little bit of insight. Like if you sit down with a guy, you might learn a lot about him where he's like, yeah, that's a pretty talented dude, but I don't, uh, I'm good. I'm good off that guy. You know, or you might learn something about him as well. You know, you, you might might kind of blow your mind away with the, you know, with the, his personality and and you know maybe his intelligence on the game. I mean, there's a lot of things you can learn. So I don't I don't begrudge any team for sitting down with any player, even even teams that just know that they have no chance, no shot at drafting that guy. I think that that's smart business uh, to go ahead and and make sure you do that. And that's why we do. It. I mean, look, we call and we get guys on that talk about each one of these quarterbacks, and there's a chance that the Raiders don't pick any of them, but. You know, we're making sure that we're doing our due diligence so we at least have some good background on these players, just like when we talked to Graham Hall earlier from 247 Sports talking all things Anthony Richardson. Got a couple more texts that I wanted to get to. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray, 9.20 a.m. and check-in. It's time for some tailgating, some good whiskey. Let's go Oakland. I'm assuming that means he's going to the A's game and he's going to enjoy a little opening day baseball. I do appreciate that, Sir Whiskey Ray. Uh, Big Dub Raiders say, Q, glad to have you all back. Uh, I've been all in on AR from the jump, but I have a buddy who's a huge Gator fan and says he's Jamarcus Russell. But that same guy said that Baker Mayfield was a top 10 quarterback. Go Raiders. So there's that. And it's funny because, you know, you you saw and you were actually talking about it earlier in the hallway about him throwing the ball, what, 60 or 70 yards from his butt, uh, you know, just kind of on the dime. And it was impressive. But unfortunately... You can't do that in the league, right? Just like I was so impressed by Jamarcus Russell when he could throw the ball 70 yards from a knee. It's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, but big dummy, can't. doesn't matter. If you're on the knee, you're down. So that doesn't even matter. But, you know, it just shows his arm strength. And I think a lot is being made of his arm strength that people are going to get oohed and awed and wow and all this and get enamored with his, his arm strength. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great quarterback, right? I mean, that's, that's what I want to know. What is he going to be as far as a quarterback? How good can he potentially be? That's what I care about. The arm strength is great. The athleticism is great. But how good can he be slinging the rock? There was times, as much as I'm excited about, or I was excited about Cam Newton, there was times when, and this is early in his career, when he was really, really good, some of his passes looked uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It almost looked like he was uncomfortable throwing it. Even though I was a big Cam fan, it just, it just didn't, almost like his mechanics didn't look right certain times. I was like, man, what's wrong with Cam? But then we all saw how his career ended up, and it's not where it needs to be, or it wasn't where it needed to be when it ended, but... There's that. He had a great career. He he he, he had a good career. He was career. the rookie of the year. Yes, he had a good early so, career. He had it's it's. I feel like Cam started to drop off. I think his and a lot of it had to do with injury. I mean, again, you have to go back and realize the a way lot he, of, the style of play. He the the style of play. Other quarterbacks when people try to compare Lamar to Cam. Yeah, Lamar's not running the way Cam. No, he was. can't. Cam he was can't. used he's like built, a, like he's a built second running back. There, yeah, but again, if you go back and look at the full body of work with Cam, all the way up to his MVP year, all the way to the time he went to the Super Bowl, he decided not to jump on the ball and make a, a business decision uh, and not hurt himself or whatever against Denver in the Super Bowl. After that, it felt like his career fell off right after that Super Bowl game. You can go and look at the numbers and tell me. I promise you, the games he played and the, the style he played and the numbers he had really fell off. So, yeah, Cam had a good career, but it wasn't a great career. And it was a short period of time that he was really, really good at the top of his level. I thought when he was an MVP, and this is no BS, I thought the, lead, the year he was an MVP, I thought Cam was about to take off. And I thought he was about to run the NFL for years. I thought he was about to be that guy, and it just didn't happen that way. He got injured. He hurt his shoulder. He, I mean, it just seemed like he was always banged up, and he was never able to get healthy. And then his 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 play just dipped. And that's why I was excited the other day when he had his pro day because he's he was out of uh, football for a while, 
and he seemed like he was healthy. And I thought, man, he could be a good backup. He's just not he's just not that guy that he was. But I mean, you're looking at the numbers. What do the numbers tell you? That the next year there was a drop off, only 19 touchdown passes to the 35. But the next two years after that, still threw for over 3,000 yards, over 20 touchdowns. How many passes games did he play? In two years in a row. Um, so after going 15 and 1. Because he missed the whole season. Look at, this, look at the years. Yeah, he after mi- going 15 and 1, the next year came right back. They went 6 and 8. He started 14 <laughs> of those games. Right. Next year after that, 11 and 5, start, 11 and 5 started all 16. Next year after that, started 14 games, 6 and 8 in the games that he started. Right. And then it's the 2019 season. They're age thirty. Right. That's what. That's when the fell off the cliff. Right. Because up until age thirty, it's uh, he's he's not performing as well. You know, they still they went eleven and five. But yeah. you know that. But then see. they went six and eight multiple times too. Yeah. So and I'm not saying that's all on him, but his play wasn't where it was when he was MVP. It it dipped. It I, dipped. But for me, it's it's not so much that he didn't have a great career. We don't need to spec. You know, do the cam relook the revisionist yeah. history. That style of play, it was always going to be here for a good time, not a long time. Well, then is that what Anthony Richardson's going to be? Give me those eight years, yes. <laughs> okay. Every quarterback, Tom Brady has fooled people into thinking, well, why can't my starting quarterback play until he's 45 years old? Well, I mean, look, Carr's still playing. He's going into year 10. I'm not saying he's he's at that level. He has never won an MVP, obviously, and he doesn't have the win-loss record. But I'm just, I mean, you're looking for a guy to get 10, 12, 13 years out of when you grab a, a franchise quarterback. You know, if you're if you're going to get a guy and you think, well, he's only going to last a handful of years because he's going to get banged up, is that a smart business decision? Yes, because you got to maximize that, that window opportunity. If you're telling me eight years, let's say four of those years are fantastic football, that's up to the team. That's up to the team building right. to maximize those four years okay. where this where this player's at their peak. Because if you just – we see it with Derek Carr. Yeah, he was pretty – he was average. He was good. Mediocre. He was mediocre for 10 years. Yeah, but you would have had a better chance to maximize that title window if you had elite for even if it is three to four years. I just don't. I, I think that that was the the window that Cam was elite for, maybe three years. I don't think it was very much, and that I don't know is, is the and got him to a Super Bowl. You can only know, do so lost, much, but they lost, and he was MVP once, right? I mean, again, I think we're I think we're hyping Cam a little bit too much. Like I think we need to take a step back and realize he wasn't elite for a long time. It was a short window. He was a fantastic player, fun to watch, but he was never elite for a long time. It was a very short period. But when it comes to winning, that's all you need. You look at Colin Kaepernick, his, his career window. Well, that's what that I'm was saying. very short, too. That exactly. was very but for short-lived. Me, but Aaron Rodgers, he's probably still having nightmares about him when he had to play him. <laughs> but for me, it's Aaron like- Rodgers don't have nightmares about anything except for himself. That's all, that's all he has nightmares about. 358 is the time. We'll come back. We're supposed to have Steve Cofield and Coach Joe Esposito from uh, Houston. They're in Houston right now. Uh, Steve's on the air right now, though, too. So we're going to see if we can connect with them and get a little thoughts from Houston. If not, we'll definitely want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r uh, Thoughts on everything we've been talking about, including how you'd like to see this team grow uh, as they, they take the next step. You know, do you want to see him grow more in the draft? Uh, obviously winning, but uh, taking care of homegrown players, not turning over the roster. How would you like to see this team grow? Uh, moving on, 702-365-9200, 69187, keyword r and Don't be broke.com, text line. It's Radio Nation Radio, 920.